It's your coach, Coach Cam. We talking hoops, baby. We talking hoops. Uh-huh. Coach Cam on the podcast. We talking hoops. Don't you leave them open. Don't you know that coach can shoot? We talking hoops all day. That's what we do. That's NBA, D1 to D2, AAU, D3, G League, overseas, highlights, offers, transfers that want to leave. We talking hoops, that's every week With Coach Cam dropping gems for the hoop fiends uh, And to my fans with the hoop dreams Stay shooting, stay hooping Buckle up for this ride, that's what you need to do Cause this is Coach Cam and we talking hoops Kid, kid, we talking hoops It's your coach that knows hoops the most We talking hoops, baby, it's Coach Cam Back episode six, we in the mix. You feel me? We're going to talk about the NBA playoffs, of course. Got another AAU roundup. Then we also going to talk college basketball, uh, some coaching changes, um, and some prospects going overseas instead of going to college. So uh, that's what we got. But you know how we rolling, baby. Got to get right into it. NBA playoffs. Let's talk that game seven. Bucks and the Raptors. Told you guys last week this series was going to come down to, to which star shine the brightest. And, and you could tell that, that Kawhi was ready for that smoke, man. He was ready for it. He was ready for it. He's a superstar. Uh, the Greek freak. He came up short a little bit. Uh, couldn't get to the rim because uh, he can't stretch the floor. He can't make a three. Can't make a mid-range. Basically, all you can do, all he can do is get to the rim, especially in transition. So once they built that wall, and you know in the playoffs that the game slows down some, you got to execute in the half court. He couldn't get to the rim. He wasn't nearly as effective this series because Toronto basically said, look, you're going to make a jump shot. You're not getting to the rim. And the one thing that I couldn't wrap my my uh, mind around was, why don't they just post him or put him in the elbow mellow post, what we like to call it, where he's one or two dribbles uh, away from the rim. He doesn't have to dribble five, six, seven times to try to get to the rim. Um, so I think that's one adjustment they could have made that they didn't. Uh, I think he's going to have to add that package to his game. I mean, I know he's 6'10", six, 6'11", six, six, foot. Uh, he's, he's a big guard, big guard, big wing. But at some, time, at some point, you got, you got to put your back to the basket and you got to try to go to work. Uh, I like to see Kawhi guarding him. I like that. The best players guard the best players on every level. So if you're the best player on your team and you jump center, you should guard the best player. Now, I understand if you're a point guard, you don't want to be guarding the center. But if, if you play similar positions, so if you play a wing or a guard, the best players guard the best players, man, flat out. I mean, that's how it is. And I like the fact that Kawhi was like, you know what? I'm guarding Greek Freak a little bit. And uh, you could tell that he was bothered by his length, his strength. Uh, he couldn't just overpower him. And, and he has some def- he has some deficiencies in this game. He's going to get back in the lab. Now, granted, he probably will win the MVP this year. Uh, he had a hell of a regular season. And he should be rewarded for that. But in the playoffs, in the Eastern Conference Finals, when it's time to get your team to the chip, you got to bring it, man. You got to bring it in. He kind of dropped the ball on that, so... The Raptors prevailed. Like to see some of their role guys step up. Uh, Van Vliet, oh man, he 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 shot he shot the ball, boy. He was making some threes. Um, Kyle Lowry was huge for them. Uh, they just played an overall better game than the Bucks. Um, in the playoffs, all you gotta do is win for the first to win four games, and it took them seven games. But their their role players really stepped up for that team. Uh, Siakam played well. Van Vliet played well. I don't know where Danny what. What happened to Danny Green? I don't know where he he disappeared to. Uh, looked like somebody slid him a check and was like, hey, my man, let, let us get this one. Um, so I don't know where he disappeared, but other guys stepped up. Powell stepped up. He had a 20-point a, a game, I think it was, and and the Raptors prevailed. And they'll, they'll be the first team to lose to the Warriors again. <laughs> They're not beating the Warriors without KD. It's not going to happen. So uh, Drake was involved in some... Uh, off the court antics, you know they uh, the Bucks didn't really like what Drake was doing, and w- what I like to say is that he's a fan, all right, he's a fan. So it's not over the top. 
no difference than Spike Lee or some of these other guys that like to root on their teams. Mark Cuban, even though he, he owns the Mavs, he's still a fan. He's a fan. What do you what do you think? He's from Toronto. He's gonna he's gonna he rooting for a squad. Now, even though he likes to bandwagon, he might, you know, root for Kentucky and root for UConn or and all of these other great teams, but the Raptors, Toronto, that's his squad. That's the home team. So I'm riding with him on this one. I'm riding with him, man. If you don't like it, beat him. Point blank. If you don't like what he's doing, beat his team. Because I know for sure when the Pistons was in it in 04, I was going crazy for the Pistons. Don't bother me during the games. Don't call me. Don't leave me alone. I'm watching the Pistons, man. When they won it, I was downtown on Jefferson going nuts. Going nuts. Because that's my team. I'm a hometown guy. Lions, Tigers, Pistons. I'm a hometown guy. Red Wings. I'm not the guy from Detroit rooting for the Lakers or rooting for the Cowboys. That ain't how I'm cut. All right? I'm a fan fan, as my man Ha Ha Davis would say. All right? So if you got any problem with what Drake is doing, beat his team. And you won't have no problem with it. So he riding hard for the Raptors. Unfortunately, it's not going to end well for him, but they got to the championship. You know, Kawhi took him to the championship and he's going to be off in free agency. It is what it is. You heard his uncle in the background. You know, you got that one drunk uncle that just tell the truth to everybody, even though we're like, man, shut up. You ain't, you ain't supposed to be saying that. His sister was on uh, Instagram, Snapchat. And he in the background. Well, you know, that boy ain't going to be there in about six months. <laughs> I like that because he not. Do not, but at the at the end of the day, they still made it to the finals. So, you know, shouts out to the Raptors for, for getting to the championship, but they're not beating the Warriors. They're not beating the Warriors. So um another thing that happened this week, you had the all league teams come out and you had some people up in arms about some guys being left off, uh like Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson can't sign a super max now. Him not being on the first, second, or third team. Cost him about $30 million. That's a, That's so, a lot of money. You want to know why he was pissed? He he knew that. He knew that he could have signed a super max, but he ain't going nowhere anyway. He's going to stay right next to Steph, and they're going to win as many championships together as possible. Because what people don't understand is that ain't easy. Winning championships ain't easy. I mean, it's a lot of great players have never won a championship, and they're going for their fifth straight finals. The chance to win three in a row. Four out of five. Sounds like a dynasty to me. You don't call a Spurs, the Spurs a dynasty with Tim Duncan. I mean, this is as close as we're going to get to a dynasty. You know, when the Brown won two in Miami, can't, I can't call Miami a dynasty. You can call the Spurs a dynasty. You can call the Lakers a dynasty. And, and you, you can call the Warriors a dynasty. They are. Especially if they win it this year. Three-peat. Repeat ain't been done since the Lakers did it in 01. So say what you want, but the but the Warriors are a dynasty. And speaking on these all-league teams, uh, Clay was left off for Kemba. See, how they assembled the teams, I mean, it doesn't really help Clay how they assembled the teams. They didn't put the five best players regard, regardless of position. It kind of went with position. So, like these combo guards a guy like Damian Lillard is he a point guard is he a two I mean you gotta you gotta have you know him and his Steph on the team him and Restbook on the team so it's like you got these guys that play multiple positions getting pegged as point guards or two guards they're not really two guards the only, the best really straight two guard in the league is Clay Thompson but some of these combo guards got beat out like Kimball Walker is a combo guard and he got put at, at the two slot on the third team. So it's like, that's what, you know, Clay got hurt from being on a really good team. You know, he liked to say, well, it takes a, more than a couple all-league guys to, to go to five straight finals. I, I'm not going to say it does. Did Cleveland have three all-league guys when they won it once? How many all-league guys did the Spurs have? Look at the Bulls. Did they have three all-league guys? I know they have Pippen and, and, and Mike. Who was the third guy that was All-League? Dennis Rodman, was he All-League? I'm not sure. I got to go back and check. He might have been. 
but it's 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 not an easy thing to have three guys all league first team. So kind of cost him twenty eight million. I think he should have been on the team because uh, I, I prefer wins over production. Kimmel Walker had a hell of a year for the Hornets in Charlotte, but his team didn't make it to the play. I mean, they might have made it to the playoffs or what eighth, ninth seed, something like that. But I'm taking Clay over Kimba. That's just me. You know, that's how I like to do it. So we got the finals coming up. Got the Warriors versus the Raptors. And my preview was clear. I've been saying it for weeks. The Warriors are not losing. They're not losing. So I don't care if KD don't play in none of the games. They're not losing to the Raptors. And they're rolling at the right time. Everybody's healthy outside of KD. You might even see a little bit to Marcus Cousins in, in, in one of these games. But they're not beating them. And the reason why is they have way too many weapons. And the weapons that these young guns that they bring in off the bench, like their second unit is very underrated. Very underrated. They got some young guys, uh, Damian Jones, or James, I think his name is, Quinn Cook, you know, Sean Livingston. I mean, that group comes off the bench and they perform well. And you see Clay with that group too. And he's able to get off a little bit. So my prediction is the Warriors in four or five. Raptors might get one. They might get one, but it's it's, it's not going to be a long series. It's not. And people are going to be mad that the Warriors are going to win it again. You still got to beat them. You still got to beat them. And unless Steph Curry turns his ankle or something like that, they're not losing to the Warriors. So the Warriors will be the NBA champions. Fourth, third year in a row. Three straight. They are a dynasty. Dynasty. A dynasty album. Like, like Hope said, they're a dynasty. They're a dynasty. So, you know, good luck, Raptors, to try to beat them. Um, Draymond Green, I think he's going to put the clamps on Kawhi. I think he is. I think he is. That's going to be a great matchup for, for Draymond. He could just lock horns. And I, I like his focus. I like that he, he's not getting the text. As much, he was pretty focused against the Blazers. And and this is the Draymond Green I like. I like the focused, not complaining to the referees, Draymond Green. The leader, the backbone of that team, the voice, the heart and soul of the Warriors is Draymond Green. And when he's locked in and loaded like he is now, I mean, they're very, they're very tough to beat because he's so versatile. He can guard a big, he can guard a guard, he can guard a forward, he can get off the glass, he can go, he can start the break, he can make an open three. When he's making his threes, I mean, it's really it's really no way. You got no matchup for him. So uh, I just don't think that the Raptors have enough weapons to beat the Warriors. And the Warriors don't get enough credit defensively. They don't. They're a good defensive team too. So you're going to have to come. The, the reason why they're able to come back in, to, in games when they're down 15, 16 points and they go on those runs, because they get stops. They put their mind to it. All right, well, we, we got to get four or five stops in a row, and they do. So they're going to win the NBA championship again. I mean, many of you know that. I don't have to remind you or uh, news flash or nothing like that. They're going to win the title again. The Raptors might get one game, and... The MVP, I said it was going to be KD. He's hurt. You know, Steph might get him one. I think Steph is going to have the finals that we've been waiting for him to have. You know, last the last two seasons in the finals, he's kind of dropped a couple duds in there. And even when they lost it to, to Cleveland, he was awful. Oh, man, he was awful. Especially in game seven. The game where Kyrie hit the shot, the last two possessions Steph Curry had, Man, he shot one off the corner of the backboard and another air. He was bad. You're going to get unanimous MVP Steph Curry this series. I mean, he averaged 35 four games in the last five or six games. He's at 35. Ever since KD went down, he was like, all right, well, it's time for me to get some more shots up. And he's been drilling them. So you're going to get the MVP Steph Curry. So I hope y'all ready for that on Thursday. Uh, We'll have podcast next week we'll talk about it Warriors will probably be up a game or two going into game three and we looking at you know they're probably not going to lose the game so you know Warriors in four or five book it like Devin so baby. this past weekend was the last tournaments for travel basketball I'm gonna try to start saying travel basketball 
more instead of AAU because it's not AAU. None of these events are sponsored or sanctioned by AAU. So me personally, I'm going to call it travel basketball because that's exactly what it is. So this past weekend, we had two really good events happening in the Midwest, uh, one of which my team played in. Um, the Bill Hensley Run and Slam is a huge tournament in the Midwest. They play it at Spice Field House. It's played every year, Memorial Weekend. Really huge tournament. If you ever have the chance to visit Spice Field House in Fort Wayne, Indiana, it is the hotbed for basketball. I mean, it has 10 courts. It's got the old school feel to it. Uh, not a whole lot of stands. Just a lot of great basketball played in that building. And, and when you walk in, you see the jerseys, you see the statues. You know, I've talked about it on this podcast before. It's a very good platform for travel basketball. So if you ever have the chance to go and watch a tournament there, especially the Bill Hensley Run and Slam, they have another huge run in July. Um, that's always good. So be looking forward to that. Um, but, yeah, you had you had uh, the family. The family, they did really well. They did really well at Spice. I want to say they won the 12 and under, 13 and under, 14 and under, 16 and under. Uh, they did really well. They got some really young talent coming up that you, you need to pay attention to um, at all levels. You need to be paying attention to the young boys that's playing with the family because they got they got some players. I mean, that 15-year group, you talk about Ty Rogers, you talk about Kobe Bufkin, you talk about, you know, Pierre Brooks Jr., you know, uh, actually, that's I, I want to believe that's 16 and under. I'm sorry. I said 15. There's 16 you. Uh, some really, really high-level players. Simon Willers on that team. They got some really good players on that team that you need to be watching out for coming up. So pay attention to that team going forward. But they they had a really good showing. Uh, the family is, is the Nike-sponsored travel team in Michigan, the only Nike-sponsored team in Michigan. And... They did their thing. They went down there and they showed out. They represent the Mittens. So shout out to the family for going down to Fort Wayne and putting on a show. Uh, the other tournament of importance was the Michigan Playmakers Summer Invite. It was played at Bloomfield Hills High School. Really, really good tournament. I mean, you had the Michigan Warriors. You had Reach. You had the Playmakers. Uh, you, you had some really good teams in this tournament and some, some really good players, too. Um, that play, that played well, that played pretty well. So the 15U uh, was won by the Playmakers by two. Uh, coach Ken Flowers coached that team from Detroit, Henry Ford. I like seeing the high school coaches coach AAU or coach travel basketball. Um, I, I was I influenced Ken Flowers. I'm not not saying that I made him coach AAU, but I let him know it's a chance to hone your craft. It's a chance for you to spend time around guys you would normally spend around. And it gives you a chance to work on your crap year-round. So shouts out to Playmakers. They pulled it out 15U. They beat uh, the Reach team, who's uh, pretty loaded, too, um, at the 15U letter at, at this tournament. The 16U, you had the Michigan Warriors. They won it. They beat the Lansing Prospectors, the team that beat uh, my squad. Uh, my team did pretty well. I mean, for the weekend, we were 3-2. and two. We lost to the two teams that was in the championship game, uh, one of them in Plupe and one of them in the championship bracket. Um, I think it was the case of my team just, it, it was time to, to, to go into the summer. Uh, it's been a long spring. We've played 24 games with me, 19 and five record. I, I think we uh, had a really good record for the spring, especially being a team that kind of a team we just kind of just, just put together kind of like um, practice here and there a little bit. Uh, but I thought we had a really, really good spring. Looking forward to our summer plans. Uh, but we we lost to the, to the Warriors. Had us down like 16. Came back. One possession game. Lose by three. Um, and I did something interesting at the game. I know it's kind of off topic. Uh, it was like five seconds left. We're down three. No, we're, I'm sorry. We're down four points. We throw it ahead in the court. Guy hits a three. I immediately call timeout. I didn't have any timeouts left. So here's a, a nice little basketball trick for you guys. When you don't have any timeouts left, you can still call it 
and stop the clock. Now you're gonna get penalized. So at this tournament, a, a technical foul was two shots in the ball. So they get him two points in the ball. So they gave him two points. They gave him the ball. It was one second left, but we were down three. So I mean, that's we're still in the game. I mean, a lot of things have to happen. You got to get a five second count. Uh, guy has to do something dumb uh, for us to get the ball back. But that's a nice little trick. Whenever it's a, a one point game and the team scores and you don't have timeouts, call one anyway. If they make the two free throws, it's still a one possession game. If they split the free throws, you're down two. If you if you do it when you're down two, uh, they make two free throws, you win the game. Kind of hard to stretch the game out, but it's still an option. It's still an option to do. So for you young coaches out there listening to the podcast, if you call the timeout and you don't have any left, you're going to get penalized for it, but you still get the timeout and you still get to stop the clock. So that's one way to do it. And came up short but the playmakers invite event was was really good it was good to see Wendell Green Jr. back playing with his playmakers again back back in the city uh they got a really nice team I mean with him you got Omar Ziegler Omar Ziegler Jr. Detroit King 2022 all right he's playing up so he's supposed to be 16U he's playing 17U I'm sorry he's 2021 supposed to be playing 16U he's playing up 17U um, really good prospect out of Detroit King, 6'6", can put the ball on the floor, strong, athletic, uh, needs to stretch the floor with his jumper a little bit. Really good prospect for you to keep an eye on, too. And, and Kyle LeGreer. Kyle LeGreer plays point guard for Detroit Cast Tech uh, 2020. He also plays on this playmaker team. Really tough guard. He's got an offer from Ferris State University. Um, and some he, he's starting to get some Division One interest. Uh, I think he might have even picked up a Division One offer here recently. Uh, but he's a really good guard, especially when he's not playing for Cass, because Cass th th they got a lot of players, so it's kind of hard to see some of these kids play um, when they play for their high school teams. When you see them play for their travel teams, you can really get a gauge for what kind of player they are. And he's a really good player. So in the seventeen U championship game you have the playmakers going against reach so i stayed to watch the game I, I i really had an interest in this game uh because it was gonna be a high level game with high level players uh, my wife really didn't approve of me staying at the tournament that long and i think i slept on the couch that night hopefully she isn't listening to this podcast but uh the intensity was really high in the gym we got parents getting at it. Got coaches getting at it. We had to go and get another ref because they had two refs. I need they needed three at the game. It was intense, and I was telling one of the fans like I like that. I like when guys you know want to go at each other. You know, it's not all this friendly buddy buddy ball, and, and, and they want to win, and and they're physical, and you might get you might get a hard foul here and there, um, as long as it doesn't get out of control and fights start happening, things of that sort. But I mean, these guys were going at it. Um, and like I've talked about on this podcast before, the Reach 17 and other team, this is their Adidas team. It's their top team. I mean, you're talking about they got Tyson Acuff, Detroit Cass, Dejon Humphreys that plays at Southfield Christian, Jason Moore at Ferndale, um, you know, Latavius Vauder. You know, you got Big Collin. You got Tariq Shepard. You got Nick Eddington. Really, really, really good team. But the matchup I was looking for was Tyson Acuff versus Wendell Green Jr. They've been talking about these two guys for years. So in our coaches' chat room or our group chat that we have, me and a couple coaches, we've been talking about th this group of guards for four or five years. And the group of guards we've been talking about, Tyson Acuff, Jalen Terry, Wendell Green, Lauren Bowman, all right, we've been talking about, and you know, uh, these group of kids. And it's like, ever since they were freshmen, it's like, okay, who's better? Who's the best out of the group? You know, one year it was, we said Jalen Terry was the best. Then the next year it was, oh, man, Lauren Bowman might have surpassed him. Then another year is, man, Tyson Acecuff is really making his ground. And another year it was, man, Wendell is, is really, you know, carving his, his way in here. And when they were 15U, they had the same matchup two years ago in the Playmakers event. And I want to say Wendell Green won that matchup that year. And, you know, of course, the, the trash talk has been high for years. 
and you get this matchup maybe once a year. And when they play, when I tell you, you it, it, it the energy was high in the building, man. You had Maurice Taylor there watching his stepson. Uh, he wasn't playing for any of these teams. Um, you know, Gabe Brown was there. I mean, you had people in the build, basketball people, really paying attention to what was going on. So uh, the Reach Legends team end up pulling it out. Tyson Acuff, man. Oh, man, you need to go see this kid. If you have the opportunity to see Tyson Acuff play, he, he's a very good basketball prospect. He's already have Division One offers from Detroit, Cleveland State, um, Siena, and Buffalo. And I think it's one more school that's offered him. Um, but, I mean, he's a dynamic player. And when he's when he's playing for his travel team, you can really see his high-level play. Not to say that you won't see it at Cass, because you will see it at Cass. It's just different. It's really different when you see him play with his AAU team. And I can see how he gets offers in the summertime playing with his AAU team because he's just a dynamic player. And down the clutch, Wendell Green, was he was making plays for the playmakers. And Tyson Acuff, I mean, he had a finish down the lane, threw three people off the glass, Wide right. I mean, it it was it was a high level finish. High tie game, come down, bang a three. Like I mean, he came through in the clutch. And those are the moments, you know, that I'm not gonna say I judge ball players, but I'm gonna look at you a little bit closer in the clutch. I want you want to. I want to know what you're gonna do when the game is on the line. I want to know what you're gonna do against the top talent. I want to know what you're going to do against another Division I player. I don't care what you do against the Saginaw Stars who ain't got a single player playing varsity. Definitely not going to have anybody playing at the college level. I want to know what you're going to do against the best player. So Tyson Acuff came with it. Wendell Green had a good game. A good game. Um, but the, the, the Reach Legends pulled it out. Won the championship game at the 17 under level. And it was just a really good event. And we've been having this discussion uh, amongst coaches that our Michigan teams don't have to go outside of Michigan to have good tournaments. There was another good tournament at the Up North Challenge. Uh, Steve Bell puts that on in Mount Pleasant. Uh, the Michigan pro the program showed out. They did pretty well up there. But the Michigan teams can stay home. And have great tournaments. We don't have to go to Spies. We don't have to go to Milwaukee. We don't have to go to Hoop Group. We don't have to go, you know, to Vegas. We can stay right here in Michigan and the coaches will come. So I'm going to tell you like this. If you got Reach, you got the Warriors, you got the Playmakers, you got One Nation, you got, um, who else? Uh, Oakland Elite, you got the Program, you got the West Michigan Lakers. You got the Down River Bad Boys. You got the Motor City Grizzlies. I mean, I can name you a lot of really good teams on multiple levels that you put them in the same building. Might as well, hey, let's have a Michigan circuit. Let's do it. I've had conversations with coaches about it. Like, you got an NY to LA circuit. Why not have a first state circuit? Why not? Let's do it. Michigan Warriors, Playmakers, Reach, the family. Once the EYBL break up, come on, let's do it. Let's rock. Let's have our own circuit. Put 10 teams. Let's have 12 teams. Six on one side, six on the other, 15U, 16U, 17U, and let's bump. And it's invite only. And you have league games every week. And you have a summer championship during the live period that coaches will come to. If you got the best players, the coaches will come. I'm telling you they will. So let's do it, man. Let's have a Michigan circuit, man. Let's let's do it, man. Let's let's put it together. Because we got a lot of good teams here in Michigan, a lot of good players here in Michigan. And we don't need to be spending our money to go down to Fort Wayne, getting rooms, and they tell you where you gotta stay. And if you don't stay in my hotel, you can't play in my tournament. They call it stay and play. We stop, when, when I say we, I mean reach, we stopped going to Spies because those people told us that we had to stay in their hotels or else we couldn't play in their tournament. So it's like, well, are you spending Are you spending the money or we are? We're spending the money, so we're going to buy our rooms wherever we want to. 
And that was the last year we went to Spice. So let's keep it. Let's keep it at the crib. But I want to touch on the up north challenge at, at Mount at Mount Pleasant. Has some really good competition up there. My team has played in that before. One year, I think we made it to the championship game, and my best friend was getting married, and I was juggling whether or not to coach the championship game or to go to the wedding. And I, I my wife, who was my fiance at the time, was like. If you don't take your butt to that wedding, I'm going to slap you. So she didn't slap me. I went to the wedding, and I think we ended up losing. Uh, I'm at the wedding looking on my phone, getting updates and stuff. Uh, but it's a really good tournament. It's in Mount Pleasant. You get a lot of um, teams from the Saginaw, Flint area, Mount Pleasant area to go up there and compete. And from what I was told, the program, the Saginaw area group, uh, did really well up there. So, you know, shouts out to, to Steve Bell and the Up North Challenge, but, you know, we'll be back in July. We'll be back in July. Uh, we take June off. So the way the way most travel teams works, the good ones, is we have a lot of players from different high schools playing on our teams, and we leave June for high school. We don't practice. We don't play any tournaments. When After Memorial Weekend, go with your high school team. I'll see you in July, Okay. That first weekend in July, you don't have a whole lot going on. You have the July tune-up, you know, at Summit Academy, uh, July 5th through 7th. So if you guys looking for a bump against Reach, let's go. Let's go. Let's bump. Let's bump. Let's go. Stop Stop hiding. Stop going to other people's tournaments. Come to our tournament if you want some smoke, all right? Because I know my team coming with it. So if you want to play the Reach 1160 and other team, come to the July tune-up. We'll see you there. And anybody else that want to play or beat Reach, meet me at the tournament. Call Coach Mark. Line it up. Line it up. But any real or good, solid AAU program isn't having any practices in June. They aren't playing any tournaments in June. Let them be with their high school team. You'll get them back in July. You'll get them back. Let them go. I had a young man tell me today about a, a tournament he was going to play next weekend, and he couldn't go to the to the high school's open gym. And I told the coach, if he's not going to be with you in June, he ain't going to be with you in December. If he's missing open gyms and workouts now, he's going to be missing in December. At least that's how I ran my team. I know for sure, when, here, here was my rule. I was high school basketball coach, and I knew that AAU was the new thing. To, to play and you can I'm not going to tell you to play for whoever you can play for whoever you can play for just know when I got something going on and you ain't there somebody else is so don't be looking for the minutes don't be looking to be on my team and you've been with your AAU team in June because in June they can put you in the game but they can't put you in the game in December I can't so whenever I'm having something, a meeting, I don't care what it is, a meeting, an open gym, a workout, and you're not there, yeah, somebody else getting your spot, cuz. Or, or like the kids say, that fool. Somebody else getting your spot, fool. Yeah, I mean, it's, that's just how it works. So make sure if you got an AAU program and you doing things in June, you you playing, you're not playing for the right program. Play, play for somebody else. Because June is for high school. So We'll be back in July. Uh, I know my team. I know we're going to do the July tune-up with Reach at Summit Academy, July 5th through 7th. We're going to Alabama. I ain't never been to Alabama. We're going to Alabama for the Adidas Summer Championships. Um, we're taking the summer off from Milwaukee, but we're going to save that for another podcast. Uh, but we, we're going to try to get it in with the other Adidas teams and see how we do. Uh, might have to add a big to our team so if you got it you got a big sophomore hey call me call me let me know you got a big sophomore that's not playing for somebody that 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 needs some exposure we going to bama 90 minutes from the peach jam all right hey, you got a big kid let me know coach cam 30 hit me up on the twitter on the ig hit me up if you got one let me know because i'm going I, I need a big i need a big i got a bunch of guards i need a big so Speaking of Peach Jam, the Family 17, you qualify for Peach Jam. You know, shouts out to them. Good job of the representing for the Mitten. 
uh, getting an at-large spot at the Peach Jam. So what's the Peach Jam, if you don't know? So the Nike EYBL League, all right, the Elite Youth Basketball League, some of the best players in the country play in the EYBL. They have their championships in Atlanta, Georgia, or I think it's Augusta, Georgia, um, every summer. And it's some of the best basketball you're going to see all summer. Uh, I mean, it's hundreds of coaches there. And if you're in that environment, if you have the chance to go, I'm going to tell you, whatever it costs, spend that money, man, because you're going to see some phenomenal basketball players. And it's good to see that the family was able to qualify for Peace Jam. Um, you have some other Midwestern teams qualify. All, all Ohio Red, they qualified. Uh, Mac Irvin Fire, they qualified. Um, so it's good to see some 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 Michigan, Illinois, Ohio teams qualify. Indiana qualified for, for Peach Jam. It speaks in the heat. They qualified uh, for Peach Jam. And, and, and it's a great event. It's a great event. So I'm, I'm glad to see that the family will be participating in that. Going to be looking forward to watching them competing in that tournament. But it's a, it's a really big tournament. Um, so if you ever have the chance to, to check it out, please do so. Uh, Lauren Bowman, guard for the family, he lets you know he's still he's still a Badger commit. Still a Badger commit. He's still committed to Wisconsin. And he hasn't changed his mind. He had a great weekend in Dallas where the EYBL was his last session. So, you know, He's another prospect to look out for, and I'm I'm glad that he's you know committed to to still be a Badger and not open up his recruitment and doing all of that. So you know, shouts out to him. Um, on another note, uh, hate to be Debbie Downer. Uh, prayers goes out to the assistant coach at Wisconsin. Had a terrible tragedy, you know, something that you know nobody ever wants to um, happen to them or anybody that they know. Gotten to a car accident in Michigan and it took the life of his wife and his daughter. And he's, he and his son are, are recovering with energy. So injuries. So, uh, with this podcast, I wanted to send my prayers out, um, to that coach and that family, uh, tragic situation, but you know, uh, you just got to believe in God, got to believe in God and, you know, he has a plan for everybody. And sometimes he does things that you just do not understand. And you're not supposed to understand it at the time. So, you know, our prayers with our, this podcast goes out to that family. So, um, so yeah, that, that's that. That's my AAU travel basketball roundup for the weekend. And we're going to be back talking about that in July. So we're going to take June off next couple of weeks. Won't be talking too much travel basketball unless we're talking about commitments. Uh, might even I might even go to a couple team camps and see how those things go, see how some of these prospects are doing. But the P the Peace Jam is is where you want to be in the summer. Get to the Peace Jam. So that's my AU roundup. We talking hoops, baby. Now we talking college hoops. Jawan Howard got the Michigan job. I'm doing the cabbage patch. Like he did down the hallway when they made it to the national championship. Shocking the world. Shouts out Juwan Howard for getting the job. Michigan Wolverines, we back. The swagger is back. And I think he's going to do a great job at Michigan. Um, so, like I said, we were going to congratulate Juwan Howard for accepting to the men's head coach position at the University of Michigan. And it's good to see the Fab Five, you know, kind of reunite and talk about, you know, wanting to be back involved in the program. Jalen Rose said, man, all our hatchet is done, that the past is done. We working on the future. I'm going to support my brother and support my other four brothers and make sure we get back involved. So I like to see the Fab Five come back. And when they do, it's, it's going to be big time when they do. Uh, so, you know, it's coming. And I like to see that, man. I like to see that they reconcile. But, you know, as a college basketball player myself, I mean, it's good to see one of yours get a job like that. I mean, that's just not your average job. I mean, it's a high major job. It's in the Big Ten. And, and, and Jawan Howard would be the only black coach in the Big Ten. So, I mean, that's a big deal. So if, if you're one of his brothers, you're one of his teammates, you're going to be ecstatic for that. 
because he's doing something major, major. So, you know, shouts out to Juwan Howard for, for getting that job. And he's going to do great things at the University of Michigan. Just watch. I'm telling you, Juwan Howard is going to do great things at Michigan. So, you know, good to see the Fab Five, you know, come back to Ann Arbor. And when they do, when they had a Fab Five special game, I might have to go to that one. I might have to cancel plans. Whatever I got going on, I might have to go down to Ann Arbor and check that out. So um, a lot of things happen in the college basketball. Another thing I wanted to touch on uh, was the uni Memphis, man. Anthony Hardaway has got the number one recruiting class in the country. Wow. I mean, guys are committing left and right to Memphis. They're going to be very exciting to watch. It, this group kind of reminds me of that group that, you know, John Wall and Eric Bledsoe and DeMarcus Cousins, you know, that group that they had at, at Kentucky. When I want to say they, they, they only lost one game or two games or – and they didn't win the national championship that year. They didn't win at all. They did not win at all. But, I mean, they want to – I think they had like five or six first-round picks – on one team, this is what that Memphis team is. This Memphis team is going to be good, good. I mean, they're going to be exciting to watch. The number one recruiting class goes to Anthony Hardaway. Woo-wee! Let's get it. I'm looking forward to watching that. Another thing that I'm looking forward to watching, R.J. Hampton, the number five prospect ESPN Top 100 Basically told college basketball, I'm straight. I'm good on y'all. I'm good. You know, like the song from Pharrell and, and Pusha T. I'm good. We good. I'm good. I'm good on y'all. I'm taking my talents overseas. And he's going to be playing in the NBL. Really good Australian league. Uh, some high-level players. Some professional players in that league and they have a next i think they have a well, i think they call it a next stars program where they have these contracts set up for you know elite high school players in america to come over there and play for a year and the way the contract is is laid out um, it's a multi-year deal but you have uh incentives for playing in the NBA or being, you know, drafted in the NBA. Brian Bowen, uh, the commit from Saginaw that he was at Lala Muir, was going to go to Louisville, got paid to go to Louisville, didn't go to Louisville, was going to go to South Carolina. They ruled him ineligible. He goes to Australia, has a good season there, and and he's he's in the uh, NBA draft. So wanted to see where he's going to get drafted. Probably won't be lottery. If he does get drafted, it'll probably be just outside of the lottery. Um, but we're going to watch that situation, but they have it set up where these in these, these high level prospects can skip college, play overseas, come back and be eligible for the draft. So this is not going to be the last time you see this. You're going to see more prospects want to say, maybe, I, maybe going to college isn't the best route for me because he was thinking one of the his schools on his list was Memphis. I think his last five was Memphis, Kentucky, Kansas, Texas A&M, and another school. I mean, he had power five schools all over him, uh, but he chose to go overseas. And I don't blame him. Get that money, young man. Get it while you can. And I like the, the thing that he said that he said his goal was NBA. And a lot of these guys have NBA dreams. Not everybody's dream is to go to college and to get pimped for a year and you don't get any money. That's not everybody's dream. Some of these guys want to get paid for playing basketball when they're at their peak. And I don't blame them. Get that money, young man. Go overseas, get that money, come back, and hopefully you're a better player for playing against pros and, and older guys. Uh, but like I said, this is not going to be the last time you see it. And I wouldn't be surprised if, let's just say, a Nike sponsored team of the top 10. ESPN recruits don't go to college and they go overseas and they play and get paid for doing it. And then they come back 
and they make more money for Nike or Adidas or UAA or whoever. Because once you get an agent and once you become a professional player, you can sign professional contracts. So I would not be surprised if you see a group of high-level high school players, instead of going to Memphis, instead of going to Kentucky, they say, you know what, hey man, let's go overseas. Because the one thing I learned about this R.J. Hampton deal is that the team that he signs for, it doesn't go against their quota for American players. So you can have three American players and a high school level player or two. So if, if it doesn't count against their American players, that means they can have multiple. We'll say if four guys wanted to come and play on the same team. It wouldn't count against them. So this is not going to be last time you see this. You're going to have more guys say, you know what? Since I can't go straight to the NBA, I'm going to go overseas and I'm going to come back. And they'll say, well, it didn't work out for Terrence Ferguson. It didn't work out for Emmanuel Mude. Last time I checked, Emmanuel Mude was a lottery pick. It did work out for Brandon Jennings. Worked out for him. And it's not going to work out for everybody. It's not. But neither is going straight to the league. Neither is going to college. Some of those guys, they go to college and they fizzle out. And you don't hear from them again. And they don't make it to the NBA. And you wonder where these guys went. Like, man, what, what, what happened to these guys? What happened? I mean, look at Michael Porter Jr. He goes to, he's the number one prospect. He goes to Missouri, gets hurt. And now he doesn't play a year in the NBA because he's, he's, he's damaged goods. I hope he recovers. But say he went overseas and he didn't get hurt and he makes his game even better. Then what? So I'm not fully against these high school elite players going overseas to get money. Hey, man, get your money. The object of going to college is to, of course, to get a degree. But at the end of the day, you want to get a job, too. You do. And they'll say, oh, these kids need their education. They need a plan B. Yeah, okay, if I put a six-figure check in front of you right now and I say you got to go over here and do a job and you're 18, you turning that down just for you to go to college to pay money or whatever to, to get a degree and then hopefully after those three or four years, hopefully get a good job. Give me my money right now. And speaking from experience, I got two degrees. I'm applying for jobs every day and I can't get hired. Hire a man with a bachelor's degree and a master's degree can't find a job. So at the end of the day, when you go to college, the goal's that when you get out, you get a good job. Well, these guys are getting offered good jobs and good money to pay good jobs without even going to college. Man, get your money. Get your money. Because the NCAA ain't paying you. The NCAA is making billions. How much is the athletes making? Now, I'm not turning this into we need to pay the players. Because there are a lot of things that need to be involved in order to pay the players. I don't think they'll ever pay the players. They'll have incentives for guys that get paid off their likeness. So you can buy their jerseys. And if they're in the video games, they can get incentives for that. But they're never, they've, getting, they've been getting away for it for so long, they're never going to pay the players. Why? Why would they? The only reason for them to pay the players is if the top 25 guys in the country say, you know what? We ain't going to Kentucky no more. We ain't going to Kansas. We ain't going to North Carolina. We going to go to Savannah State. We're going to go to Florida A&M. We're going to go to Howard. We're going to go to Morehouse. We're going to, we're going to go to the HBCU. Let the top 10 recruits go to the HBCUs and see what happens. Let the top 10 recruits don't go to college at all and see what happens. See if they start paying players because they're making billions in Mars Madness and the players not getting none of that. You got the coaches making millions of dollars. Tom Izzo getting paid $5 million, $4 to $5 million every year. Coach K getting 6 to $7 million per year. Why do you think Coach K don't want to coach in the pros? He making more money coaching that Duke than he is in the NBA. They paying the coaches ridiculous amount of money. Especially the top-level coaches. 
but the players ain't getting nothing. So just just look to see that. That is going to happen. So the other candidate that was up for the Michigan job, Ed Cooley, he did the power play. He got his contract renewed at Providence. So he got the bag too. I don't even think he really wanted the Michigan job. He just wanted to secure the bag, get that money. I don't blame you, player. I don't blame you, coach. Get that money. So that's that's basically what's going down in the college basketball scene. Uh, R.J. Hampton is, is providing a stir. Just let them kids go to the league, man. You want to know why, why they don't want the kids to go to the league? Because it benefits the NBA and it benefits the NCAA. The NCAA doesn't want these guys to go straight to the league. Well, why? Well, let's just look at it. Look at it like this. If you didn't have the one-and-done rule, if you if you can make it where guys can go straight to the league, you would have never seen Carmelo Anthony play at Syracuse. You would have never seen Zion Williamson play at Duke. You have never seen it happen. It would have never happened. Just like LeBron went straight to the league. If LeBron, could you imagine LeBron in college playing for Ohio State or playing at Michigan or Duke or something like that? Man, that would have been ridiculous. The rates would have been out the roof. You never would have seen Kevin Durant at Texas. Wouldn't have seen it. You wouldn't have seen Derrick Rose at Memphis. You wouldn't have seen John Wall at Kentucky or Anthony Davis at Kentucky. You wouldn't have seen it. You would not have seen it happen unless it's that rule. So that rule helps both parties. It helps the NBA. We get these guys. We can watch them after a year, see if they're good enough. And then after a year, it's like, oh, man, he's the real deal or he's not. And then you got the NCAA saying, all right, let these guys come in. They they help our brand for another year. They get to watch these superstars play for pennies, play for nothing. And you get a chance to watch him every Tuesday and Saturday, every Thursday and Saturday. So if you want the kids to go straight to the league, change the rules, man. Let these kids get their money. And, of course, you're going to have guys where it don't work out, where they don't get a degree. And that's going to happen regardless. Whether you let the guys go or not, that is going to happen. So uh, I would like to see the NCAA and the NBA say, you know what? It's about time we let these young men Go straight because I'm gonna tell you like this: he, when Imani Bates get eligible for the the NBA, he should not be playing for anybody's college. He shouldn't play college basketball. And when the when the time comes for him to play college basketball, and that rule is not in place to go straight for the league, I'm gonna tell that man to go overseas. Go overseas and get your money. Get get paid for being the superstar. That you are, I, I had somebody they tell me that he's got MVP potential. Man, that's heavy for a 15-year-old. That's heavy. But the boy got you. Game. And the boy got you. Man, that boy good. And that boy good. I'm saying Coming to me. That boy good. Yeah. Let them kids go to the league and let them get their money. So that's that for this week. Uh, college hoops. That's my roundup. And we're going to take it from there. And on that note, we out of here, man. We're going to see y'all next week. We're going to have some great content for you. Was a day late. You know, I probably had too much ribs for Memorial Day weekend, too much pasta salad. You know, I had to take an extra day to get the podcast going. Uh, but I appreciate you guys for listening. Thanks for coming back to listen to Coach Camp talk some more hoops to you. And like that, we go. And buckle up for this ride is what you need to do. Cause this is Coach Cam and we talking hoops. Kid, kid, we talking hoops.